Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Words. I'll go back to the podcast. Ryan, what were you saying about my, my DMing? You got some okay. criticism for me you want to drop real quick? Pretty bad. Still not sure if it's Theramore, Fearamore, Theramore, Terramore. I'm going to give you more reasons to fear. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognar the Young, the Young Grognar, kicking it to you live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the Herald and the Quest, the past. In the last episode of the show, we had a lot of tears, uh, cheers, laughs. And is it Cheermore? Yeah, Cheermore was there too. He was a good guy. He was one of the gnomes. Got sick though. You know, he ate that there uh, bad, uh, <laughs> you know what they call that the pickled fish thing there. Anyway, um, I remember they had that King of the Hill episode about that one. But um, anyway, apart from pickled fish in the Midwest, uh, our party, on the other hand, had an important meeting about the quest for their future and what they're going to have to do. But uh, aside from meeting with a lich and doing the dirty thing with the evil guys, uh, our party are sent away to the land of immortals to drop off here at school and um, to hopefully speak with whoever's in charge of these immortals and the lands of twilight, talk to them about what's going on, beg them for assistance or warn them of the upcoming terrible, awful future of whatever the Herald of Steel has planned for them. Um, and our last episode ended uh, with the party oh. slurping through the portal and popping up somewhere. So, uh, to put things uh, in a in a very nice way, everybody feels like they got poured into their shoes, clothing, and their own skin, like some sort of disgusting, like rehashing and smoothieifying of their organs. The only one who does not feel this way is Klika. So everybody who pops through at this point is absolutely headachy and like, you know, jarred from the full experience again, except for Klika who pops out on the other end and everybody wants their eyeballs regain the use of an eyeball. Um, you guys are, met with a visual that can only be described as sort of a reimagining, a hallucinogenic dream state of what you suspect may be the elven forest and uh, of the ASREs there out in the Thalvir wood. And as you guys stand here on top of some sort of strange giant stone pyramid looking temple-ish altar thing, you stand in the middle of a circular little dais here but ringed around the dais is one big stony arch that loops overhead. And Klika, having the most understanding and experience of the whole thing, and the most of a grasp of what has occurred, she can tell 
that somewhere along the path, you got kind of disconnected in where you were supposed to be going through the portal. And you popped through using sort of the starlight brains that you have to a location that seemed memorable. And you feel this weird sense that like triangulation between you, your star, and the land below you, you had a good idea of where you thought you might be heading. But unfortunately, you seem to be a little bit off. But judging from the forest around you and what you can see and what you can recognize, a lot of the trees out here standing towering above look to be those of the elven wood. You would think that, except the sky is a strange purplish, bluish, like dark, dark green swirl of infinite cosmos with stars burning bright as if each star is the North Star, as if each star is close to where you are, like close enough that there is no sun. And instead the starlight is so bright that you're bathed in this sort of half daylight, sort of like twilight effect perpetually. The stars, even in the few moments that you guys are sitting here, already seem to swirl around a little bit as if watching small pebbles drifting around in like the white water riffing of, of a river. Seeing the stars moving around very gently, uh, it sort of destabilizes your experience of the plane that you're on. And those who are just poured back into their shoes feel incredibly uneasy, quakey, quivery, and like they might just explode into a pile of guts and goo. Uh, around you, the forested leaves all look to be some semblance of green, but with odd twinges and opalescent reflections as if covered in some sort of strange dewy substance. And what you notice now is the smell that clings to the air. Is that similar to a fresh morning dew? But you notice very quickly how how much it's it's like this sort of frigid bite, like a winter wind. And you can see frost sort of clinging to some of the leaves around here. And you can see that the leaves that are hanging on are far and few between, as if the hardiest of leaves that are still holding on. And a lot of these trees don't have much of any greenery to them whatsoever. And as you're standing here and sort of just kind of regaining your balance, even in a matter of moments, you can tell small green buds form on the trees and the bushes surrounding you guys. And it seems as if you're watching like the entirety of a week's worth of time progress by in a matter of 10 minutes. And you can see all the little saplings and buds seem to like slowly start to unravel very quickly. Um, well, I guess quickly for, you know, respect to a tree growing. Um, but it's just a maddening experience. And sitting here and looking around and seeing this, is nothing short of of a trip, right? And as you guys seem to be gaining some idea of what it is you might be looking at, you notice Ira is nowhere to be seen. So what do you do? Again, the little pyramid that you guys are sort of perched up on here is stonework. It looks to be potentially of an elven make. You guys look to be about 20 to 25 feet off the actual level ground below you. But the stonework of the pyramid seems to be of like marble. It's like slate, slick, smooth, and beautiful. Um, there's stairwells on each of the four sides of it that go down with steep stairs, um, with the platform around you being about 20 feet by 20 feet and the base being about double that. So again, no era around. Time and space are nothing more than words. What do you do? I feel like Anton's just laying on his like, belly, like trying to keep his eyes closed, trying to like, God, I can't imagine sure. a worse position to put myself in when I don't feel well than on my stomach. 
The whole land is worse than the boat. And uh, the one who might have been our guide nowhere in sight. Are you guys, um, do you guys need a minute or I guess a season judging by how things are going here? Oh, best to keep moving. This land gives me a creeping feeling. Moving where? Everywhere man <laughs> and as you begin to think about what makes sense uh from what anton who i'm pretty sure anton was the only one who actually knew anything about the planes other than quika who has been here at one point or another you guys can see as you scan the horizon from this higher point trying to look over the tree line you do see one sort of beam of of like a purplish bluish swirling light shooting straight off into space and as you get a better view of what it could be in the distance to what may be north of here, hard to tell, um, there is something of like a single location where that beam of light is starting from. And it seems as if it's like one centralized forceful light shooting off into space. Well, that looks important. Can Anton do a knowledge check to see if he can possibly identify what plane they're in? I mean, I would hope that you guys, being part of this campaign for long enough and knowing what the Herald of Steel was making, you might know that this is a reflection of something else. And this may just be that certain spectacular strangeness from this dimension, the the uh, little spire there. A crystalline spire that sort of holds contact with the plane that you're on. Yeah, the, the, the one that's the on the material plane resonating with this plane that will potentially destroy both of them. Yeah, that one. Either that, that or it's a car. That, that, that's fire. There may be a giant inflatable monkey floating over it, too. So oh, my God. To pinpoint, are we in the land of immortals or are we not in the land of immortals? I guess that's what he's trying to figure out. Z. Can, can I feel like a, maybe this like is certainly or something? this is like I said before it's a reflection of the elven wood from what you can tell and what you know of the land of immortals I mean this place it must be where you are unless somehow you fell in the shadow fell which that would really suck guys be careful not, don't touch any of the trees or because maybe you'll turn into a were lion chimera and your wife will turn into a plant you know, I think it's so funny that you bring that up because as you guys are standing there just kind of getting a bearing of, of your situation, you notice one of the larger trees in the vicinity, one of these big old elven trees, does shake a little bit when you mention that. You see one single arching branch on this thing just kind of quiver a little bit at the mention. See that guy? Oh, he knows man. what's up. He knows what I'm talking about. He's all into those kind of weird freaking curses. No touching trees. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yes, be careful not to curse yourselves. I guess don't make any hard wishes while touching the trees. I'm not really sure what that guy did. Elven kings are weird. From Anton's knowledge of the planes, however, that crystal inspire 
is sort of known to be the it's the bastion of the one in the the making of the cosmos one major being over all others was known as the one and was sort of the the overarching being that in in one way shape or form metaphysically is all other gods and all other beings at the same time and the crystalline spire is an expression of its last efforts in this dimension i guess you could call it and the spire was made from them and so all life in the land of immortals in one shape form or another is sort of centralized around it like iron filings to a magnet so if ever a place to go to to speak to immortals that might be the hub also don't wish touching trees so that just looks at the he just looks at the what he can imagine is the spire and he says i think that may be where maybe we we could find Euro again that's most likely the place as you guys okay. sort of contemplate era at all the noise of a babbling brook as the ice of winter seems to be releasing it in the uh i guess east from you guys on the east side of this little, little pyramid thingy you can tell that a babbling brook is kind of rushing now that the ice has given way and it starts to occur to you that maybe era is already gone and has just upon reaching the surface just into her perfect elemental form but looking up the stars above and seeing them swirling she may have gone there too hell she might be in a lot of different places at the same time but the idea is that like she had said before it's hard to tell what would happen to her when she came back so she could be there well even if we don't find era it does seem like a good place to find a coherent immortal of some sort we do have to ask them if they can help us with the um, Herald of Seal. I, them being, I guess, any immortal that's not the Deceiver at this point. Are there any bugs running around? Oh, uh, I guess, should we not say his name while we're here? That bad? Same Jarzak. Not in <laughs> Jarzak, how itchy do you get on a scale of one to ten when I say the deceiver? How about Valaketh? There's just a hollow Jarzak, and bugs are flying out of it. <laughs> yeah, he just melts into bugs that scatter everywhere. It's been Valaketh this whole it. time. <laughs> But the uh, tree that I had mentioned before quivers and shakes a few more times again at these mentions of the Deceiver. And one of the massive, like, hulking roots that sort of roots this tree to the ground begins to unearth itself and lift ever so slightly in a slow and snapping manner, hearing all the roots binding it to the ground breaking until it begins to start to move in more of an anthropomorphic form as if uprooting itself forcefully from the ground. And as you guys sort of gathering your bearings and sort of getting a feel for your bodies now here on the plane of the immortals, you can tell very quickly, quickly that the, uh, the uh, creature or whatever this tree monster is uh, to the southwest of you guys, about 60 or so feet away, 
it does not seem to be happy about your presence here, and it does not look like it's willing to tolerate it much longer. So as it starts to march through the trees ever so slowly and slightly, what would you like to do as we roll for initiative? And then I just praise he doesn't end up burning down this tree in the forest. <laughs> Good way to make it's a name for yourself out here. Mayhaps it's time to get going. I think we made it angry. I forgot I switched my dice to these like wooded ones. And I was like, what the fuck? Scared me a little bit. Wooden dice, that's fancy. Digital wooden dice. Oh, we got slightly less fancy than I thought. Gleek has got 22. Jesus. Anton has a 19. Uh, Norhill got a 15. Gleek, Norhill, I mean, sorry, Gleek, Anton, Norhill. So, um, okay. So I guess Kleeka gets to go first. So what would Kleeka like to do as this hulking brute of a forest guardian seems to be marching towards you? Uh, Kleeka looks around and then looks at Norhill and Anton and Jarzak and says, "Um, are we sticking around or do we want to just start heading towards the spire? I'd say we head towards the spire. Quickly. I mean, Anton, you're probably the most well-equipped to burn down like a whole forest, so... I don't think we want to set off a bad impression in the land of mortals, Klika. Klika doesn't know any forest gods. I don't think we want to know any forest gods. Okay. So... If, like, what direction relative to where we are is the um, spire. Like, is it directly behind the tree? Is it in the opposite direction? No, it's going to be in the opposite direction, but from where you guys are standing, you'd have to cross a freezing river to get that way. Granted, you could try to just mosey through the forest to get there, but I don't think that you guys are going to be able to move very quickly through this thick and and very uh, obscuring forest. And I also have a strong feeling nobody has their survival skills in order to properly uh, travel through this in the right direction. Clicka's proficient in survival. Don't tell, talk to me about what I can and can't do. And when I when can did that happen? I've you know. always had proficiency in survival. I just have terrible wisdom, so I never use it. Very well. I, I could try getting us across the river. Uh, I... Um... <laughs> I, I could get us across the river. Okay. I think we all can get all, everybody across the river, except for Norhill. Norhill probably doesn't have any magical means of getting everyone across the river. But that's okay, because he's trying his best. Oh, yeah, <laughs> magic. That's how I was going to do it. It sounds like we want to cross the river. Okay. Uh, so who's doing it? Anton, Jarzak? I was just going to control water and try to get split for like a moment as we cross. Oh, yeah, I was going to walk across the bottom, so. Oh, okay. That's, Jarzak didn't have a plan for everybody, just himself. God. I will also say it. that because it is freezing cold, 
it will be difficult, especially because much of it is still kind of frozen over. So you're saying like I can't really control it? I mean, you could. It's just I'm just saying that like it's not exactly just any old trickling stream. It's like there's still like ice over bits of it and the water is mm-hmm. freezing cold. Granted, it's not long to travel through it, but even if it's waist high freezing cold water, it is also very cold out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was just gonna try the part water um, where I can cause it. I mean, there. you could do that. Yeah, create a quick trench and we run. <laughs> well, what's Clika doing on her turn? Clika is gonna just move up to the forest or the uh, river's edge, okay, and wait for her team to figure out what they're doing. Very well. Okay, well, next is Anton. Anton's going to go up to the water and cast Moses his spell. It. I, actually, I wonder what, what actually this takes to cast. Uh, but I'm, I'm definitely going to Moses it and split it. I'm just curious if it's a... Uh, oh, I, I have to do a drop of water and a pinch of dust. Okay. Reading this film components. Let's go. Yeah, uh, he just he just speaks words of hoping Ira can hear them, and he calls out Ira. We have brought you to this land, hopefully in safety. We hope that you can help guide us safely to the spire. And he then attempts to part the water. And the water very obediently begins to pull aside in the different shapes uh, around the uh, around the edges of the rocks, revealing to you the uh, very cold bottom of the river which dips down to about 10 feet at the deepest. How, how long is this like river and like width? Is it like a Hudson River kind of wide or is it like a Mississippi River? It's like, like 15 feet across. <laughs> As if I know these. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, what? They're big rivers. Do you know how? It's just a, yeah, just like, a like, nut. You just have the average width of the Mississippi offhand on your mind. I imagine it's as well as the Hudson. Like, <laughs> I mean, I live by the at least the Hudson is like contained in one state. The Mississippi just fucking there's well, no, no. a just like discussing it. fluvial oh, bed cross. widths. Okay, we're not especially when we consider the fluvial drain from fucking winter conditions. We're not well, discussing this. The point is, is it's fifteen feet across. Okay, I didn't know if it was going to take like a good half an hour to cross this river. I didn't know how big it was. Or if it was just going to be a quick, like, five-minute sprint. <laughs> half an hour to cross it? You just parted the water. I know what I'm saying. It could be a long, long river in terms of width. I didn't know there were some long rivers. If it was more than a mile wide, I don't think I would call it a trickling stream affected by frost. Anyway, point is, it's 15 fucking feet across, and you part it as you stand at the edge of it. Norhill, the hell do you do? Norhill. Norhill is going to move, uh, double move a little bit to the water's edge and get ready to cover the escape of people in the next round who are crossing through the parted water. And now goes to our friend, the Guardian here. So our friend, the Guardian, um, 
What the hell? Why was Jarzak? What? Okay. Anyway, whatever. I'm, you know, <laughs> Jarzak uh, got a natural one on his initiative and add zero to it. So I assume I'm last. You are, but for some reason, your miniature on our little assistant here uh, How was could directly underneath this thing's feet. Yeah, I, you know, the beauty I, of, of this. You know, stuff. I wasn't um, moving it, so that's not me. <laughs> who um, could have done it? <laughs> you know, I wonder this every day of my life. Um, this tree guardian <laughs> seems to put its fist down into the earth, and as it does so, Two trees, one on either side of the bed from where you guys are standing, both spring immediately into life. And as the tree has both of its fists now into the ground with the other two trees sort of sprouting up and coming to life, the rooted bed by the river where you guys are standing begins to like reach up for everybody's ankles and the dirty gray lichen, uh, lichens and the uh, bits of moss that have clung to the to the uh to the rocks seem to like spring forth with energy growth and life and they start to cling to everybody's legs and ankles making traveling through this little stretch here incredibly difficult so um at this point the trees beside you uh immediately come to life and start reaching in and trying to slam into you guys with big wooden fists um so I guess the first one's going to come directly in for Klika, and the other one's going to come in for Norhill. Uh, so let's get ready to rock. I feel like I haven't rolled attack rolls on you guys in a long time. I don't know that I'm going to feel terrible about it, but the first one swings in for Norhill. And as it does uh, with its two big beefy claws, we have, holy cow, what's your armor class? 20. Twenty. Okay, so both attacks hit, um, and what you notice? Well, let's see. So the first time Norhill gets hit, uh, he'll spend a use of warding maneuver. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, does really it? Uh, does it still hit a twenty-three? It does. Okay, I have resistance to that first attack. Okay, cool. So, uh, is it towards the physical damage or just all damage? Uh, let's see. If uh, there's a reaction, you roll D8. If the attack still hits, the target gains resistance versus the attack's damage. So it's okay. resistance to this attack specifically. So any damage so, it does, I suppose it ha- I have resistance to it. Okay. So uh, it slams into you, dealing 15 points of damage, bludgeoning you, broken in half on that first attack. It goes down to seven, and as it swings in with the other fist, you notice that that linger from it slamming you into the ground, you feel the strange radiant. Something that goes to show that like the attacks of the creatures of this world are very different than the attacks that you would have encountered in the world that you came from. The sort of oomph from this attack hits you for that extra bit of damage, which I I told you how much damage it was, right? Five points? Uh, Yeah. Okay, uh, so, d- so then, does this count as magical damage? It does. Okay, so my damage reduction doesn't matter here. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the second swing comes in to clobber you and deals. Oh, that's pretty close to minimum. Um, 12, 14 points of damage, one point being radiant. Okay, and then the second one attacks in on Klika. What's Klika's armor class? 21. Okay. I hit with one attack. Mm, Kleeka will cast shield. 
What's your armor class become? 26. Mm-hmm. Okay. You skirted it by one point. Hell so, yeah. E- um, okay. And then as far as you guys standing on the river go or on the river's edge, the ground around you has officially become difficult terrain. So now it is Jarzak's turn. Is the other tree going for us too? Is the what? That's the original tree, yeah. The one down on his yeah. own. Okay. Yeah, I'll put a ring around it so you know which one's the uh, one in charge. Okay, I guess I'll just move up with everyone else. Start crossing the riverbed, probably. Yeah, that too. I'll dash. Yeah. It's just going to be difficult terrain as soon as you hit the ground. And the uh, riverbed itself has the roots dangling out of it. So that whole path in the middle is difficult. Do my monkey feet give me advantage on difficult terrain or anything? Hmm. I, as far as I wrote it, it was just your feet become prehensile, so I never really suggested that it would. I imagine it would work that way no matter what. It would cause you the uh, difficult terrain. How much movement did Jarzak use? I mean, he could use the bonus action, and then if he dashed, even with difficult terrain, he should get pretty far. Yeah, so bonus action would get me to the trees and then I could use my 30 move plus a dash so I have another 60 from the trees Okay, so I get the attacks of opportunity on your first scooting between the two big trees right yeah I mean he would have stayed towards the left one so only one of them would hopefully unless they have reach yep yeah, no, these ones don't have reach for that. Okay. All right, and your armor class is? 19. Is 19? Yep. Damn, when that happen? When I have my shield, which I usually don't have. Oh, well, that's good for you. That's yeah. enough to block it. So it doesn't manage to hit you as you rush by holding the shield above your head catching the uh, backhand of one of the branches and it thunks off the top and leaves flutter around you. Okay. And now it goes to Klika at the top of the round. Hmm. Hmm. Klika looks at Norhill. Um, are we just gonna keep retreating? Keep going across the river. Okay. Click a will. Whoop, swoop, and away to take the opportunity attack from the tree that hasn't done one yet so mm-hmm. that she tanks it and then cross the river. Yeah. Get a bonus. To her armor class. Wait, it hasn't been my turn yet. I used more angry action. Sorry, never mind. Oh, shit. Okay, I got a 29 on the attack roll. Uh, 
Perfect. Is that yeah, it? that'll do. Yeah. Klika dies, so for the guys. Third time, for the third time of the campaign, I hit Klika. Um <laughs> That was it. It was just, you'd get her three times and she just dies forever. She doesn't have hit points. That was the whole cost of the character build. Um, <laughs> so you take 20 points of bludgeoning damage as it thunks into you. Um, and that same strange radiance does not seem to affect Klika. Kind of fucked up. Okay. And if that's it for your turn. Yep. Okay. Now it goes to Anton at the top of the round. Anton's going to try to do something to distract him. You You should probably just dash across the river. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can. I just if anything you do, you'll only have half movement speed, which I guess from where you are is fine. So disregard everything I've said. Because I was gonna say yeah. I could scorching rain start burning another part of the forest, but I think that's wrong to do. <laughs> oh, okay, that was your fun <laughs> to distract him was to light the forest on fire. I think that's wrong to do. I don't, I don't think they'll appreciate that. I feel like it's not a good idea. I was going to maybe fairy fire. It's not like real fire, but it might still like distract them. Right? Like fairy fire can't burn anything, right? It's just... Just make them yeah, think just... they're on fire. Yeah. yeah it's just sparkly and fancy. I, I can make them pretty. Just psychologically <laughs> torture these trees. They're They're torturing us physically, so... Well, you guys pop through an ancient portal that nobody's gone through, and you start screaming about Valaketh and the Deceiver and nonsense, and they're like, holy shit, it's him! And they see Jarzak with his gauntlet, and they're like, fuck, it's really him! Like, no, 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 I just worked for him. Wait a minute. Are they actually smart? Um, I actually can pull an interesting move. I have... Let me make sure I'm prepared first. I have tongues. Cast tongues and try to talk to them. Can the trees okay. talk? How long doesn't it take concentration to cast that? Um, it, will I break? Or is it just one and done? Uh, it's just one and done. No concentration. I mean, yeah, if you want to. Yeah, I'm gonna try to talk to them. <laughs> okay. So what does it uh, look like? So Anton's just gonna look. He's gonna look a little panicked, and he's gonna. Take his little components, get them together, and he's going to look at the main trees at them. He says, please all, we need no harm. And he kind of keeps his arms up. No, nothing near weapons, nothing like that. Kind of tries to keep himself low. He says, please, we, we're strangers here. We only want to help. Um, okay. So go ahead and roll a persuasion check. At disadvantage. Great. Uh, oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I didn't think I persuaded them at all. <laughs> what did you get? Two. 
So with a deep, low, grumbling, groaning noise, like the sound of trees sort of like arching and bending under a, a really harsh wind, the creaking, groaning noise that nobody else understands except for Anton, or I guess Klika if she tries, um, you can hear it kind of bark back to you. <laughs> um, it says, The last time one traveled through this portal, they stole the heart of this land. We shall not be fools again. No, we burn. No, we burn that lady down. No, 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 no. What is the heart? What is the heart of this land? Hey, it's not answering you now. Uh-uh. Oh, talk time's done. You're like, we don't even want to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing that whenever you guys fuck up on like a persuasion or intimidate and just make it seem just that stupid when you say it. Uh, man, it's just something about that. The power of just being like. Stop! <laughs> like, no. But in Tracer, you're like, <laughs> like what'd you say? I told him knock it off. <laughs> I told that sycamore to fuck off. Yeah, but, but it um, takes like, but in tree that takes like six hours to say. So yeah, I told it to told it to sycamore my balls. <laughs> Damn, I can't believe it didn't work. So anyway, so Anton does that, stands upon the rock. The the rustling wind from the uh, river being kept at bay seeming to flap his whistly, bristly hairs in the wind. And as he stands there contemplating his next move, what would Anton like to do next? They're really not open to talking more because Anton just wants to <laughs> He's like, he's like, does this have to do with the Herald of Steel? Is is this why the sky is like such a problem? Did apparently the land of immortals have a heart? He he has many questions. I don't think the trees are willing to reason with you, Anton. Nor he'll just being battered into the ground like a small nail. (laughs) I mean, if, if you genuinely don't remember what happened with the elves... And the Elven King, the Shafantil, and his No, wife. I got knocked out at the beginning of the fight. I really don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> the brief do you want? It's like nobody ever <laughs> talked to you about it. You know, they, they stole the heart of the land to preserve his dying wife and came back oh. and she turned into a tree monster and he was cursed as well. Oh, yeah, we're not doing that. You're like, oh, you're right. As a giant piece of stone comes hurtling through the sky at your head. And you're like, yeah, the last time mortals did come here, they were kind of jerks, weren't they? (laughs) That doesn't bode well. So is your plan to stay there or is it to run across the river? Uh, I think maybe it is best to run because I'm seeing they're not really willing to talk. Okay, so Anton hops off of the stone at the edge of the river and crosses it while the roots in the bed down here and the lily pads and whatnot start to grasp at him and grab onto his armor and his legs and pull him back. But you make it to the other side next to Klika, huffing and puffing, and you see the trees all hulking and maneuvering over towards Jarzak and Norhill. Speaking of Norhill, what's Norhill up to? Both of the trees taking a tax of opportunity, right? 
both of the trees have taken attacks of opportunity, right? You got that right. Hi, uh, yeah, Norhill's just going to uh, action to dash across the river. Okay. How did Jarzak get there? Oh, double move, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fancy things. Okay. Uh, and now it goes to my turn. Kalika looks over at it. Release the spell. <laughs> close it, close it, close it, close it. <laughs> um, and so all three trees stand on the edge of the river, each of them fully capable of crossing just because of their hulking size. And so they do. So they just all start maneuvering into the water. And the third one, the biggest one, who double moved to the edge of the river, is not going to attack or anything. But the two that just jostled up now begin to swing in again. One of them swinging in a Jarzak, and one of them swinging in a Klika. Hell, I got split attacks. I might as well just spread it out across the whole gang of you. I'm going to go ahead and attack each and every one of you. How's that sound, everybody? That's fair. No. Fine for me. All right, so let's see. This does not bode well for the party. Uh, so first one is on Norhill. I got a 27. Did I hit? Yes, you did. Okay. Jarzak, I got an 18 on you, so you're clear. You're all good. Uh, I got a 22 on Anton. Yeah, and I, got a, I got a 16 on, on Klika. I don't miss. Very good. Um, okay, and so for damage... Here we go. As these guys start hammering you guys into the ground, Norhill takes 11 points of damage. Uh, and that's magical damage, right? Oh, sorry. It's 17. And yes, it's magical. Um, and then the radiance of the attack sinks in, and you take an additional four, bump it up to 21 total. And the one hitting Anton. Holy shit balls. I got maximum damage. Oh, <laughs> not on the. You take 24 as you get kerfunked. The uh, uh, radiant damage comes through for an additional five points, making for 29 points of damage as this thing just pummels you to the ground. Oh, Christ, they did it like my words. It was in a wrong accent. Was speaking like cactus, and they're definitely not cacti. <laughs> okay, if this is how you want to think about it, yes, you spoke cacti to the oak tree, and they did not like it. It's like that rush song. Um, what was that one called again? The cacti. The There's trees. trouble in the desert. Um, so uh, yeah, now it goes to Jarzak. Okay, Jarzak's gonna, I guess, pull away his shield and grab his... Oh, is this where I should use Domero's luck, guys? It's up to you. He might like it. Oh, my. This is it, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'll use... Yeah, I'll pull out Domero's luck and attack the one uh, in front of Norhill. Okay. By all means... Uh, 27 to hit. That is good. For 10 damage. Uh, 30 to hit. 
Wait, 30 damage or 30 to hit? 30 to hit. What was the damage? Uh, 10 damage again. So 20 damage. And this was... Okay. And this was slashing damage? Uh, isn't Domero's luck a mace? Oh, it is. So, okay, sorry, magical. I forgot. I you said you pulled out your sword, right? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, oddly enough for Treons, from what I've read, they actually have resistance to even magical bludgeoning and piercing. Because of the way it's written, they actually get resistance to all bludgeoning and all piercing, magical or non-magical. I'm fucky, isn't it? Yeah. Boy, well, Norhill's not going to be able to do much in this fight, then. Unless it's slashing damage. Slashing damage, on the other hand. Boy, howdy, does the tree not know how to handle that. Oh, well, that's unfortunate, then. (laughs) I mean, hey, if you got a crit and you sent them away into space, I mean, this really would have simplified the fight a little bit. Or you might have created a coffee shop 20 feet from here, so I don't know. It, it It could have been anywhere in between. <clears throat> uh, did you have anything else you wanted to do? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. I was just making sure Unless... I didn't crit on a 19, but that's only when I curse them. Oh, shit. What's the curse take? A bonus action? Yeah, but it's also that you only get like one per short rest so if you wanted to retroactively do it I'd allow it no no I, I didn't do it to start so that's fine okay. just let it be known for everybody who thinks I hate Domero's luck after I gave it out I just offered a full freebie to return to crazy chaotic crit land but yep. okay some of, some of those things are either. bad and if I if we redo it it's probably going to end up being one of those <laughs> Come on, you're telling me you don't want to try it. Yeah, no, because it wasn't meant to be. You don't mess with Tomura's luck. True. Okay, Um, so now uh, we go to the top of the round, unless you wanted to do move action or something. Uh, No, I'm good. Okay, Klika, you're at the top. Stay. Okay. So Jarzak didn't try and retreat. Uh, I guess Clico right. will. We retreated across the river and they followed. Yep, but now we are no longer at half movement speed, so we might be able to get away. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Clico will bonus action shadow blade. I guess we're gonna fucking get into it. Uh oh. I don't think this is going to bode well for you guys. I mean, you can always try to run away. You can keep running. This is where it ends. If people are fighting, Click is not going to just leave them behind. Fair. But if she's the first to run, then she's a trendsetter. True. Slay. Uh, um, yeah, Click will attack uh, the one that Jarzak hasn't attacked yet. Very well. So, one of the two fractal trees here. Yeah. And that'll be a 19. Uh, well, 19's good. Oh, I didn't update my character sheet. 
shoot some ladders. Say shoot some ladders. I did say I shoot some ladders. Edition. I don't think we're playing that edition. The shoots and letters edition of D and D. All right, that's a uh, thirty-three damage. Damn! How did that damage come out? It would be two thunder and the rest psychic, except for five of it, which would be just regular mo- whatever the modifier damage is, which I guess is never quite figured out. Good. I like, yeah, I like that. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Perfect. So, um, yeah. I might as well use Fury of the Small. Do nine more damage. Naturally. Gonna just add that little insult on there. I really feel like Fury of the Small is just adding insult to injury. That's literally <laughs> all that move is. It's because you that's... always castle it on. You're just like, you know what? Also, keep the change, bitch. Nine points. Suck an ass. Yeah, here's a tip. <laughs> Suck them our balls. Um, that'll be it for Klika. I don't think they speak cacti. Go go ahead, Anton. Do you speak cacti? <laughs> Apparently. Um, are they still technically in the river of the two trees? Uh, yeah. Is Why? there any way I can take my control water, change it from splitting the river to vortexing the river, and try to send them down like a toilet bowl? <laughs> I mean, it would. I think the vortex would probably keep them in place. You could try oh. and shove them down the river. Don't you have like a, a wave ability to it? I there's a couple. There's um, I know there's flooding. Oh. Try to get <laughs> sort of push them out of the way. Um, I know there's flood, part water, redirect flow. So I can force it to go in any direction, or I could whirlpool. So it'd either be redirects, what is cause a lot of water, uh, cause the water level of all standing water in the area to rise. No, we don't want to flood. I think we want to redirect flow. So any direction I choose, even if it has yeah, to go Yeah, I mean, walls. If, if you wanted to, we could just take the general mechanic of something like that. It's probably what a strength saving throw for the enemy and have it move yeah, them like true. 30 feet in a certain direction. Yeah. Um, Granted, they are trayons, so I want you to think about that. In a certain direction. They are very strong, so trying to push them down the river might not work out very well for you. So, if you want, you can continue with that action. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try since I'm already using the spell. True. True. Good point. Okay. Yeah. And so with that, the water level rises a bit more and starts to push against them. And uh, actually, what's your saving throw that I got to beat? The spellcasting DC? 16. 18? What? 16. 16. Oh, 16. Okay. Yeah, so actually both of them do fail it. Oh. And so we'll say that they travel a good bit down the river. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah, as Anton seeing... Uh, his comrades fighting against these trees and seeing the trees walloping them into the ground. Anton, after having finished parting the river, just takes the one side that was being held back, lets it fill up, flow up, get higher, and just like one hand, like a uh, like a director of a symphony, just kind of like swings his hand over and the wave crashes into one of them. It pummels into the other one and they go swinging down the river. 
Yeah, 300 feet. I don't know how that measures on the map. 300 feet? Well, I'm saying that because of the, the push, the redirected of flow. You're saying that it pushes them 300 feet? Well, that's the area of the spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I just figured we would take a spell it, effect. It doesn't do say, that. like, the length if I push anything. Like, it just says... Mm. It, it, it says we're, we're just... Yeah. Right. We're just rolling with it in prop style. And I figure that's a fair effect. Okie dokie. Judging by the fact you just moved two oak trees with a wave in a, in a river, I feel like that's a pretty fair amount of effect that you got out of it. I also uh, a quarter mile down the road. Of the bigger tree, what? the bigger tree, like get pissed. Like I need to see what the bigger tree is doing because I don't know if that one's going to try to cross next. It's very hard to read the emotion of a tree, but if you could, with tongues, he just yells "fuck." <laughs> my buddies <laughs> she <laughs> yeah, he's like she um okay and then uh norhill's next if anton's done yeah i'm done okay uh norhill's gonna move so that he's within five feet of his more vulnerable friends and i uh, use his action to dodge and heal a little bit with his dwarven fortitude Excellent. Okay, and now it goes to the trees, and the trees are going to try to do a strength saving throw to try to climb up on the other side. Holy shankies. Alright, so one of them very clearly uh, is not fucking around today and climbs up onto the shore at half speed. Okay, and the other one has not the strength to resist, so he stays forked in the river. Um, the other one, the big tree, it sort of arches its back if a tree had a back and straightens up to its maximum height and all of the leaves on the on the on the different boughs of the tree begin to shake and shimmer and have like a certain like the same weird colors and the iridescence that was on the leaves begins to like glow and vibrate for a moment and norhill feels his weird radiant wounds that he suffered from being pummeled start to like hum and vibrate alongside the tree as it does this and all of a sudden the tree like opens its its uh what's the word I'm looking for like the um the bark splits as if opening like a gaping maw and the thing just unleashes a torrent of space colored like radiant beam just shoots out of the thing like a fire hydrant towards the party and the one who is hit by it would have to be Jarzak sorry oh, Jarzak you know if Norhill did move it would have hit him so. <laughs> um okay i've got a pretty shitty attack roll on this one so let's see how this works out and you said you put away your shield Jarzak. yeah what's your armor class now 17 i believe so uh, well so with that this giant space radiation beam shoots out of it and nails you for 20, 28 points of radiant damage. Okay. It is cold, it is painful, and it burns your skin in a very strange and ethereal way, as if you feel like heat leaving the inside of your body rather than cooking the outside. It's like a reverse microwave. Oh, good. How much was that, you said? What was that? How much damage was that? 
my dice moved. Didn't I say 24? 24? 34? What was it? I thought it was okay, 34. It was definitely 20 something. Okay, oh. 24 it was then. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Making sure because I had to roll D10s for it and they all shifted around when I moved my dice back. So I'm like, well, I could roll again. We could take the better of the two options. Yeah, you definitely wanted the first roll. Um, so uh yeah. Okay, uh, and that's it for my turn. So now it goes to Jarzak. So we running. This has Jarzak covered in strange space goo. That really hurt. <laughs> Jarzak's gonna sprint away. These trees are strong. I don't think we should be wasting our strength on pointless battles. Because really not sure why Jarzak attacked them last time. They attacked us. We were on a retreat, though. Okay, bye. <laughs> runs off. Okay, so double speed and moves well off the map. Uh, 60 feet away from the edge of the uh, river here. Um, okay, and then now it goes to Kleeka at the top of the round. Yeah, Kleeka's going to get out of there, too. Okay. And then goes to Anton. Hey, I'm gonna skedaddle. Okay. Is uh, Anton gonna do the? I mean, Norhill gonna do the same? Norhill is going to do the same. Okay. And so as you guys continue to run away, the trees that chase after you continue to like thump and stamp and run at full speed behind you. But it seems at a certain point when they continue to run, they slow down and their footfalls almost look like they're sinking into the earth. And after a couple of heavy footfalls, they like their feet stick to the ground and root and they start to slowly get more rigid and more rigid until they just harden into tree states yet again. And very weirdly anthropomorphic mid-step poses that look very out of place. But as soon as you look at this like that and you look around the other trees in the forest, you start to notice how anthropomorphic many of the tree forms look. And it starts to dawn on you that maybe you're not the first ones to get smacked around and beat up by the tree guardian at this portal. But it seems like once you guys continue to run through this strange and colorful forest here, uh, that the Treant thing from beyond uh, stops chasing after you. Um, could I get a charisma saving throw from every member of the party? <laughs> Hell yeah, here we go. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. That's not good. <laughs> Lika got to 19. Nice. It's not good at 9. Norhill got a six. Good. Jarzak? Hello, Jarzak buddy. got a 12. Sick. Okay. Yeah. So with, with that, the nine. party... <laughs> Very good. You know, you did need that extra little pump. Um, so at this point, the oh, is that because you're a warlock? Yeah. Got... You are lucky you got that. I mean, I'm sure Norhill and Anton are fine. Um, so as the party <laughs> run away from the trees and start to catch their breath... They recognize how strange the forest they're in and how thick the tree cover is. And it's going to be difficult to find their ways uh, the northeast towards that strange bastion of the one. So could I get a, a survival check from Klika? When I'm done eating this mango. 
are we gonna go crazy? Um, can I can I cast a cure wounds by the way on everyone just to? Yeah, yeah. Some hits. Hell yeah! There's a ten. Sick. So with a general idea of where you guys are and everybody being wounded, Anton begins to heal. Um, you notice as you're casting your healing spell here, and the same thing that happened when you were using the power of the river. It feels like this realm is more connected to the gods, as if you're using dial-up on, on the material plane, and you just swapped over to some 5G government spy-level internet connection, and it is, like, streamlining out of you with a thought rather than just with, like, spell prayers. You know what I mean? Like, the healing spells you're dropping, um, Anton, are, are, just, are just flowing from you like water in that river. And as you guys stop and heal up a bit, and get a good idea of where that northeastern direction is towards this towards the uh, bastion. Um, you look around and see that it seems to be in that one hour or so since you've gotten here, it already seems like it's it's entering spring. Much of the cold of the earth and the hardness of the ground around you has released, and a lot of the little buds and a lot of the little plants popping up from the corners of the trees are already budding with small little delicate flower tips on them. And Klika having a good idea of where to be going, leads the party for the next few hours. So after about four or so hours uh, of travel, the party make their way into something of a small clearing. And in this clearing, they can see that there's a small little trickling stream that leads into something of like a, I don't want to say this, like a little radio, like a little pool. It reflects the starlight above in a very peculiar and strange way, as if looking at a reflection of the space above you. But you can tell that beyond the spring is something of a rocky outcropping, like something of like a uh, like a like a cliffside. And everybody here has a weird moment of reflection as they think to themselves how strangely similar this location looks and feels, but as if in a dream, as if they're all having some strange sense of deja vu. And as it starts to come back to you in bits and pieces and fragments and forms, you start to think about seeing this place in one way or another. Jarzak begins to feel a strange injury sort of resurfacing as if the scars and pain seem to like come back to, to a full feeling. Norhill begins to feel the same way as they're looking at this little outcropping and almost to answer the strange reverberations of memory you see a strange spectrally colored celestial looking panther, uh, sorry, not panther, tiger, uh, poke its head out of a little rocky outcropping in the distance. And it starts to walk out towards the edge. And as it does, it reaches the, the sort of the edge of this cliff here where you guys are standing and looking. And it looks back to you with a level of intelligence not seen in animals. And as it does so, it seems to in a very felonous way, kneel and lower its head in your direction before jumping off of the cliffside into the water and sprinting full speed towards you as if it knows you from somewhere somehow and that is where we're going to end it hey everyone i want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast it really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in and if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter, or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons. Dungeons.